their spiritual significance for the power of Pentecost today? And does the Feast of Pentecost mean more than just a date on a calendar? Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and today I invite you not to miss the miraculous move of the Spirit as we prepare for the power of Pentecost. I do believe this is an hour for a Pentecost after the pandemic. Don't miss today because today I'm going to teach you the prophetic principles of receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. And also today I'm going to teach you about the operation and demonstration of the Spirit, how He can move through you in your life. God wants you submerged in the supernatural, baptized in the Holy Ghost. So stay with us today on Day of Destiny. Let's open our Bibles today to the book of Acts. And today I want to go over some really important prophetic principles that I believe will help you understand the power of the Holy Spirit in your own life. First of all, we're going to begin with the prophetic principle of agonizing before revival. Now, beloved saints, you say, Dr. Corral, what do you mean by the prophetic principle of agonizing before the revival? We're talking about agonizing prayer. You know, Frank Bartleman, who was the intercessor for the Azusa Street Revival, says that revival cannot come without intimate, agonizing prayer, believing God for the power of the Holy Spirit to come. Let's look at the scripture and I will explain to you from a personal, powerful, prophetic standpoint of how we bring the power of the Holy Spirit into our lives. And today we are going to believe God for a Pentecost of power after the pandemic. Let's look at the word of God. The Bible says, as we see in God's word, in the former treaties, have I made unto thee, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. First of all, I want you to see this is, this is not some boring narrative. I want you to see that this itself is instructive. Remember, Luke was a post-resurrection disciple. He was a firsthand eyewitness of the power of God in the post-resurrection period. He was Paul's companion. Remember in 2 Timothy that Paul said, only Luke is with me. Now we see Luke in the, as the author of the book of Luke, but we also see Luke as the author of Acts. Therefore, his gospel is going to correspond with this document, which I call the Manual for the Miraculous, which is the book of Acts. He is going to be teaching us about the Holy Spirit as none other before him. Now, let us look. The Bible says, uh, my former treaties, which I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up, 
after that, he threw the Holy Ghost. I want you to see how important these very words are. After that, he threw the Holy Ghost. What does this mean? After Jesus ascended into heaven, after Jesus took up his seat at the right hand of the Father and began his session at the right hand of the Father, ever living to make intercession for you and for me. We must understand, beloved saints, that the scripture is showing us very clearly and very concisely that the scripture is teaching us, beloved, that the Holy Spirit is now the teacher. Notice the Bible says all that Jesus of Nazareth began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up. After that, he threw the Holy Ghost, meaning all teaching, all word, all executive power, all administration, all operation of the Holy Spirit is going to be done through the person of the Holy Spirit. So that means if you hear teaching, if you receive a revelation, if you hear anything that Jesus says, it's going to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to understand this. This is the prophetic principle that our beloved Luke begins with in the book of Acts. But we also see that John teaches us this as well. We see in John's gospel, the 16th chapter and the 13th verse, he says, Howbeit he, when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatsoever things he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. He shall take of mine and show it unto you. Beloved, I know that's King James, but let me go over the use of the super, the superfluous use here of the personal pronoun, he, him. I want you to see how very important it is that John is introducing the Holy Spirit, not as a power. John is introducing the Holy Spirit as a person. And this is why we continue to see the pattern of repetition. And in biblical hermeneutics, we must understand that repetition means something special. It doesn't mean that the Bible is being redundant. It means that this is the author's agenda. This is the prophetic agenda that the author intends to teach us. So when we see repetition in the scripture, this is not an accident. This is done deliberately on purpose by the authors of scripture being moved by the Holy Spirit to write for us documents that are completely inerrant. That means without errant without error, and to also understand the infallibility of the word of God. We must understand that the word of God is the highest authority and that there are no inconsistencies. If there is an inconsistency, then it is our responsibility to reconcile it, which 
all of the scriptures that may appear to be inconsistent will be reconciled with the proper hermeneutics. It's just a matter of interpreting it correctly and understanding the author's intent. Now, let's continue in the context. The Bible tells us, to whom he showed himself alive after his passion with many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, speaking the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The question arises, why didn't Jesus show himself alive for 49 days? Because the 50th day was the day of Pentecost. And we must understand for two very important reasons, the Holy Spirit had to come on the 50th day. One is a literal reason to fulfill the literal sense of scripture. And the second reason is the reason that will help us understand the personal, powerful, prophetic revelation that God wants to give us concerning how we pray in revival, how we pray in the power of the spirit, how we cooperate with the grace of God that is given to us at this hour. So let us look just for a moment. Notice what Jesus says in verse four, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, saith he, that you have heard of me. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, beloved saints, if anyone questions, what is the experience of the upper room? If anyone has a question, is what happened on the day of Pentecost the baptism in the Holy Spirit? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. Why? Because the context explains it. We must understand explanation is obtained in the context. Can you say this with me? Explanation is obtained in the context. What does that mean? That means the verses before the texts on Pentecost will give us the understanding of what is happening on Pentecost. Jesus said, you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. This means that which occurred on the day of Pentecost, when the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, we must understand that that experience is baptism in the Holy Ghost. Now, I want you to understand that baptism in the Holy Spirit cannot take place by man. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is a celestial baptism. It is the baptism of fire. It is the baptism of dunamis. It is the baptism of power. Man cannot baptize you with power. Man cannot baptize you with fire. Man cannot baptize you with the supernatural. Only Jesus can baptize you in the supernatural. And this is why John the Baptist had a revelation and he said, the one upon whom you see the spirit of God descend and remain, this is he who baptizes in 
the Holy Ghost. John the Baptist said in Luke chapter 3, verse 16, I indeed baptize you with water, but one comes after me, who is mightier than I am, whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloose, and he shall baptize you in the Holy Ghost and in fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and he shall separate. He will gather his wheat into the garner and he will burn the chaff in fire unquenchable. What does this mean? This is threshing floor language. This is wheat harvest language. Beloved saints, this is why Peter, when he stood up on the day of Pentecost, knew exactly what was happening. He knew this was the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. Why? Because Joel says in Joel the prophet, chapter 2, verse 24, says the floors shall be filled with wheat and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. Now, one of the reasons why Jesus made them wait till the 50th day, he said, wait in Jerusalem till you receive the Holy Spirit. He says, wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. Why is Jesus making them wait? Now I want you to understand the 40th day, Jesus is going to ascend into heaven. Now I want you to understand what is happening. I want you to understand scripture in its contextuality. We cannot just interpret verses by themselves. We must understand that as we interpret scripture, that scripture works together as a unit. Scripture works together in its contextuality, meaning not just the sense of context, but intertextuality also means that we are going to use other books in the scriptures to be able to understand what we are reading. So we are understanding the intertextuality that is being revealed to us here in the book of Acts. And what is that intertextuality? That intertextuality is taken from John. John introduced the Holy Spirit before Jesus went to the cross. He introduced the Holy Spirit before he went to Calvary. And he introduced the Holy Spirit as a person. Why? Because Jesus did not want to leave his church comfortless, knowing that his disciples, after he ascended into heaven, were going to experience great loneliness, knowing that after he ascended into heaven, that his disciples would long to hear his voice again, knowing that after as he ascended into heaven, that his disciples would be agonizing, lonely, lost, wanting to hear his voice, knowing that it is impossible to hear the voice of God without the Holy Spirit. So this is why he sent the Holy Spirit. This is why the Bible says, He will take of mine and he will show it unto you. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever 
whatever things he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. This is why Jesus said, it's better for you if I go away. For if I do not go away, the comforter cannot come. What did he mean by that? He meant that not only will we be empowered with the dunamis that Jesus was empowered with, but we must also understand that it is the Holy Spirit that brings the presence of Jesus to us. Now we can hear his voice. Now we can feel his touch. Now we can experience his healing. Now we can feel his forgiveness. Now we can see his powerful plan revealed in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit will never speak of himself. He will only show us Jesus. And this is why he's been given, beloved saints. Jesus said, he shall testify of me. This is why Jesus said, how be it when the spirit of truth comes, he's going to lead you into all truth. Jesus said, let's go to John's gospel in the 14th chapter and let us see what the scripture is showing to us, beloved saints, so that we understand what the scripture is meaning when the scripture is revealing to us. Let's look at John chapter 14, beloved. Looking at, if you will, at verse 16, Jesus said, I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not and it knows him not. But he has been with you. You know him for he has been with you and he shall be in you. What does this mean? This means that the Holy Spirit is going to be known from within. He's not just going to be known from without. This is why the world doesn't see him and the world doesn't know him because the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, when one becomes baptized in the Holy Ghost, he comes to dwell within that believer forever. And this is why, beloved saints, we need to understand he's going to give us a power. He's going to give us the power that Jesus walked in. He's going to give us that dunamis power to be able to do exploits for God. This is why the Bible says, but you shall receive dunamis after that, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So now the literal sense of scripture is that the day of Pentecost is the 50th day. The day of Pentecost is the fulfillment of the Hebrew Feast of Weeks, which occurred on the 50th after seven weeks. The importance of the Feast of Weeks is seven times seven, even 49 days. We see this accentuated in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 15, and we see it accentuated again. Whatever sevens there were revealed in the scripture, seven weeks times, uh, we see seven days times seven. We see this very clearly for 49 days and the 50th day was Pentecost. We see this expanded version of the context of seven times 
27th and the 50th in the year of Jubilee. We see seven years times seven years. And we see even 49 years, Leviticus 25, verses 8 and 9. And we see, and the 50th year, there's going to be a jubilee and all things are going to be returned. The Bible says on that 50th day, on the day of atonement, the trumpet will sound. And the Bible says the Lord will return uh, every man to his possession and every man shall return to his family. So we see return. We see recovery. We see breakthrough symbols and signs of the spirit of God. Now, why did they have to wait for the 50th day? Because in Greek, the word Pentecost is 50th. In Hebrew, the emphasis is the weeks, Shavuot. Shavua for week and Shavuot for weeks. All right. So that's the literal reason why they had to wait. But now we're going to go into the personal, powerful, prophetic reason why they had to wait. Beloved saints, I want you to understand this mystery that Jesus, after 40 days, when he was taken up, no, the Holy Spirit had not yet been given. Therefore, it would be impossible to hear his voice. It would be impossible to feel the presence of Jesus without the Holy Spirit. It would be impossible to do the works of God without the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand what's happening. You see, Jesus left his disciples on the 40th day because it was necessary in that nine-day period. As we look at the book of Acts and we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible says these all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brethren. And the scripture articulates the names of the 12 who continued with the 120 in the upper room. What were they doing? They were agonizing. What were they doing? They were travailing. What were they doing? They were longing. What were they doing? They were crying out. We miss you. We love you. We want you. Where are you? We need to hear your voice. You see, it is absolutely necessary that before the Holy Spirit falls, that there must be agonizing prayer. There must be a longing. There must be longings of love. There must be seeking of God's face. There must be a longing for the Holy Spirit. This is not going to be some cheap experience that is going to happen for a few days in the upper room. I want you to understand what is happening here, that the Holy Spirit is going to make his residence here on earth and that the Holy Spirit is going to ignite the church with fire. He is going to give every believer the power to do the impossible because the word dunamis in the Greek language means to be able. This means nothing, as Jesus said, shall be impossible to you. This means all 
things are possible to him who believes. This means that you will be empowered to do whatever God tells you to do, no matter what the obstacles. And beloved, there will be so many obstacles in the book of Acts. There will be persecution. There will be unbelievers. There will be the stifling of the spirit through witchcraft. There will be every type of enemy to the anointing. But I want you to know that the believers who believe God, who were filled with the Holy Spirit, did the impossible. And every believer has been called to walk and be submerged in the supernatural. You see, beloved, the church needs on this Pentecost to understand the Pentecost after the pandemic. You see, we've been shut up. For some of us, it's been a long time since we felt the anointing. That can be good in one sense because we long for the Holy Spirit when we don't feel him. But that can also become extremely dangerous. You say, Dr. Corral, how can that be dangerous? You see, the Holy Spirit laid it on my heart prophetically that at the beginning of the pandemic, that we were to continue giving the word of God via our telephone calls, which we have daily and through our online services, which we had daily and other services that we provided for the body of Christ daily. Why? Because we knew from years of experience how the devil works. If he can get you out of the anointing for just a little while, he begins to work on your mind, making you think it's God's will to now adopt to a culture of convenience. Going to church for just a few minutes a week should be sufficient. We still speak in tongues. That should be plenty for us. And we begin to concede to a a culture of compromise. When the Holy Ghost has been given to us to receive the power to lay our lives down unto the death for one another and for the gospel. And so I want you to understand, beloved saints, what was happening. So we provided these services. But even so, many in the body of Christ began, even when it was able to gather ourselves together, became accustomed because we become creatures of habit. After 30 days, a habit forms, and we now become accustomed to not gathering ourselves together. The forsaking of the assembling of the saints as the manner of some is. So why am I sharing this? I am sharing this because it can become so dangerous when our oil runs out. You see, when Jesus returns, it's going to be very similar to the parable of the 10 virgins. 10 virgins, five had oil in their lamps when they came to the wedding. And as they waited for the bridegroom, they trimmed their lamps and they poured the oil in their vessels. 
but five came to the wedding without any oil. The question is, why didn't they bring the oil? Because they had intended on borrowing the oil from the ones who had the oil. Beloved, I want you to know, the parable of the ten virgins teaches us we cannot borrow oil. You cannot borrow someone else's anointing. You cannot borrow someone else's experience. And there are believers today who have not received the power of the Holy Spirit on their own because they're not willing to pay the price. So what we do is we borrow. And I want you to understand that is not legitimate. That the five who were the wise said, we are so sorry. We cannot give you of our oil, but buy for yourselves. This means that the scripture is holding the believer responsible for their own oil. This means you and I are responsible to make sure that we serve God appropriately. And if we sense that the fire is going out of our life, what are we going to do about it? Are we just going to say, oh, wow, my fire is leaving. I wonder why. We need to check it out. We need to say, my prayer life is dwindling, or my fire to serve God is dwindling, or my fervency for soul winning is dwindling in my life. This is not to put us under condemnation, but this is to give us a wake-up call. This is to say, I don't want my oil to go out. And Holy Spirit, if I have become lukewarm, the sign that I'm baptized in the Spirit is that I'm on fire for God. And if I need a fresh touch from heaven, that fire is going to empower me to be able to do it, not by my own works, not by my own righteousness, which we have done, but by the works of the Spirit, who is the regenerator. The Holy Spirit will give us the power. He will give us the power if we have fallen to pick ourselves up again. Just get our mind off the past and go forward into our prophecy. Go forward into the future. And so the Holy Spirit, the principle of power to bring the power of the Spirit to this earth is agonizing prayer. And we see it, beloved saints, revealed so perfectly in the book of Acts before the Holy Spirit took up his residence here on earth. Now, beloved saints, I want you to stay with us during these podcasts because we will be sharing throughout the Pentecost season scriptures and teachings that will enable you to walk and to be prepared for the coming of the Spirit on Pentecost, May 16th. I can't wait for the Spirit of God to visit you with dreams, visions, with empowerment like you've never experienced before. This is the will of God. Do you realize it's God's will that you are used of God? Do you realize it's God's will for you to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall in my name cast out devils. That's God's will. 
and they shall speak with new tongues. No, it is not just a learned tongue that you get from going to school and learning a language. New tongues was the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, meaning just like Moses took up the rod and had dominion over the serpents of Egypt. You too shall have dominion over every serpent, over every snake, over every scorpion. They shall, hallelujah, drink any deadly thing and it shall not hurt them. That means just as we were in the leech infested waters of Nigeria many years ago, baptizing hundreds of indigenous people in water who came from all over this portion of Africa to hear the word of God and to be baptized. And we were not affected. The waters were cool. The waters were purified. Nothing Thing harmed us. We drenched those precious, uh, precious new converts, new believers in water, and they came up filled with the Spirit of God. They came up uh, filled with God's power. Even so, you can be on the missions. You can do God's work and be protected from every evil thing. And we see that the Bible says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's God's will for you to lay hands on the people that you love that are sick and God will use you. No, you do not have to be in the fivefold ministry for God to use you. Bible wants you to know that this is the inheritance of every believer. So, We pray now, Holy Spirit, that those that are listening to this podcast, that today the power of the Spirit would fall upon them and that the Pentecost after the pandemic will change the lives of your people. Come Holy Spirit with new gifts. Come Holy Spirit with a visitation. Come Holy Spirit, fill our lives, fill our hearts, fill our minds, fill our souls. Come Holy Spirit, baptize the churches with a new anointing. Strengthen the pastors, add souls to their flocks. Oh, precious Holy Spirit, turn away those who have been uh, involved in anything, Father, that has been pulling them down and away from your will. Let us, Father, receive the mantle and the anointing to go forward into all the world to preach the gospel in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Beloved, I invite you to go to our website, mydayofdestiny.com. And I want you to know, beloved saints, as you go to My Day of Destiny, that God is going to bless you. Why? Because we have a lot of products. We have, beloved saints, uh, many of our podcasts available for you to download. We also have available some of my books that you might be able to order. And for those of you that want to be a partner with us with our worldwide outreach, Hesed, which is our missionary branch touching the poor around the world, empowering lives through the giving of mercy. 
and the preaching of the gospel to help poor indigenous pastors in India, barefoot pastors that are going from village to village preaching the gospel and the feeding programs that assist them to help the marginalized in Pakistan and the Christians in Pakistan, to help uneducated in Pakistan as well that are believers to go to Christian school, for others in Uganda who are in villages who don't have enough to eat, in Kampala, the orphans, and in Masaka, those who have not enough to eat, who are provided for through our daily feeding programs and our agricultural training in in human development in these areas helping squatters in the Philippines, helping provide medical missions and clean water wells, so many other things that you can do to be part. And to be part of our Hesed, you can go to mydayofdestiny.com where you can view any of our recent podcasts and also receive a copy of my book, my book, which is Secrets of the Anointing. There are many other books and products that you can secure on this website, and we invite you to do so. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you very soon.